Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we're going to present an introspective interview with Ms. Cintra Best. She's going to talk about how your heritage affects where you are. She's going to go into some spiritual concepts and ways for you to develop and further your evolution. Let us begin tonight's show. Joining us now is author and metaphysical teacher, Miss Sintra Best. She is author of the new book called Enlighten My Senses, A Path to Open Your Heart and Illuminate Your Soul's Purpose. Miss Best, welcome to the program. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. Okay. Miss Best, my understanding is that you've got sensitive, you've got special abilities, you're very sensitive. Do you mind describing what your capabilities are and abilities are and how you got them? Well, I actually was born with them. Um, they have gotten a lot stronger over the years as I have done my own spiritual work. Um, I really get a lot of stuff in dream time. I'm a seer with other people. Sometimes I can pick up different things that they may be potentially not aware of, like emotions that they're hiding or something like that. Okay. So these capabilities, are they, are you visual? Are you seeing, are you, I'm sorry, visual? Are they auditory? Are you uh, sensing them? And how do you know that these capabilities or abilities are above the common norm for what uh, the average person is capable of uh, experiencing? Well, I do get, I get them all different ways. It depends on the person. Sometimes I will hear things. Uh, sometimes I will see things. And I think the reason why I know that they're not coming from me is usually when I see something, I will check in with the person that I'm working on and they will tell me that that is something that's going on in their life or something that has happened to them in that regard. So that's how I know that it's, you know, not just coming from my mind because most of the people that I work on, I don't have any connection to. Okay. So, can you please describe like, what do you do if you're talking with someone? We've we've had plenty. I mean, we've got our own team, the virtues, and they individually work with people. They work on to see if they're they, they look for I guess their spirit guides, see where they are in life, they'll answer questions. What do you do when you are working at a person? What are some of the things that you're noticing, and what are some of the uh, things you particularly look for? I look for um, just I have them talk to me about kind of what's going on in their life. Sometimes if they speak about a problem that they have or that they're having, sometimes I can see like underlying issues that are going on there. So say like somebody comes to me and they're just really, you know, like really sad and they can't figure out where their sadness is coming from. I can usually hook into where that core is coming from. Sometimes I can look at the Akashic records if I'm allowed to with that person. And then I can see kind of the history of the emotion. Right, and just to remind our audience what the Akashic Records are, apparently it's you know, people today use something called Google, and they just search online, and they can find anything they want. And Akashic Records is the spiritual place where you go and you find information. And it's not just what's happening in the world today. It's happening in all lives, past, present, and even future. And uh, – Cash records. What are some of the most profound things you've seen in the cash records when you've been there? Well, you see, lifetimes. Sometimes I've been taken into a special, like it looks like a, a room, 
and sometimes there's a library in there and I can sit down at this table and I'm allowed to open up something to see, you know, something of this person's life. So it could be, you know, that they lost children in another life and that's why in this lifetime they can't shake, a, you know, the cellular memory of the, the child that they lost. So they're, they have to work through that emotion out in the lifetime that they're in presently. So it gives you, if you're ready for the healing, it can give you a huge tool when you're stuck. Okay. And as far as people coming here right now and experiencing problems, what is the likelihood that it ties directly to a past life? And also, I'm just curious that a lot of times people say, oh, you know, I'm experiencing this because of something in a past life or it's a past lifetime. Do you think that's kind of an easy way to kind of pass the buck along of, being in denial of what is currently a problem that stemmed from this lifetime and a denial or an ability to kind of push aside the root cause of a problem that's happening in this lifetime as opposed to saying that it happened as a result of a previous lifetime where you can't really engage in the present moment exactly what had occurred then? Well, the reason why you're incarnated in this life is in order to deal with lessons that you have going on with your soul right now. So say you may have had something in your past life that you didn't address while you were alive in that life. You're going to carry that over in your record, but you're going to set up things. Your soul will set up things in this life in order for you to deal with whatever was unfinished. So the Akashic records are only, I feel like they're only for people that understand this concept because you can really only do work now in the physical you can understand what has happened to you in the past. Just like when you remember stuff from your childhood, you can understand it. But you have to process the emotion and what you're going through now in present time. All right. Because you're in a physical body right now, because we have the illusion of time, so what you're saying is that this is the only time where you can work things out. Do you have to, and if you're in spirit, is that what, does that where you kind of wind up and you're stuck there, you're stuck in that state or... Do you have to repeatedly go through a physical life incarnation or go through an incarnation of existence with the illusion of time in order to grow and evolve? Well, I mean, think about like when you're on the other side from what I have been privileged to see, There's you're doing work over there too. It's just on a different vibrational level. So Earth, of course, is a very dense level. You come into physical form and everything runs really slow here. So as you grow spiritually your vibration inside of you gets higher and higher and you're able to clear out more things okay so as far as this goes what if you decided you didn't want to come here why do you have to come back in order to work things out why can't you just i mean because that's my thought is that you're an eternal being there's nowhere to go no place to be at any point in time because you're an infinite eternal being all of one, all of one consciousness. What's the rush? Why would you have to push yourself so hard to go through a physical life incarnation or any kind of incarnation where you would deal with pain and suffering? Why couldn't you just take the longer way home and just take it easier and be in a non-physical body? Well, I think, I think that when you come here, you have lessons that you have to be learned in the physical. Let, I mean, and I think that karma has a lot to do with it the actions that you sow right now, you're going to reap at some point. So you have to come back and you have to deal with the things that you've created here yourself. 
So it's not, you don't get to just go to the other side and just forget about what you've created here. It follows you with your soul record. So at well, some point, go ahead. Go ahead. No, let me interrupt you. Sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I um, At some point, I just think that you have to come to the realization that you are one with God. So then you don't have to incarnate anymore because then you're self-realized because a lot of people that are coming here don't have that realization of who they are. They're very body conscious. So then, you know, they're attached to their physical body. They're attached to their things. They're attached to everything. And you cannot be one with God when you're attached to something. And the material world really pulls you in attachment. Okay. I like to just pause for one second about that. If my understanding is that your spirit you're coming here to experience a number of different uh, sensations, uh, you know, physical, non-physical, whatever you want to call it. What if one of your purposes is to purposely be blind and ignorant to your true divine nature, that that is what you came here to experience for your greater evolution? Is that um, temporary blindness to acknowledging your true divinity is that part, or could that be, theoretically speaking, be part of a crucial evolutionary track, or is not being aware of true divine or true divinity something that is more of a long-term progression as far as other evolutions go? Can you be blind to your own divinity over the course of several lifetimes, despite having returning to the spirit world every single time you die and seeing it firsthand? Right. Well, how would you understand better yourself if you had to come and see both sides of duality. So like think about earth as like a, you know, like the yin and yang and everything that's going on with earth. How can you understand about the other side of something until you have lived it? Um, I'm not sure, but I figure that, you know, wouldn't you get it the first time you, 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 you live one physical life. Okay. Okay. This is the physical and then you die and you experience the, the, the non-physical. I don't understand why there's this incessant need to, have to repeatedly come back and experience over and over again, especially if you are an infinite spirit, especially if you have this, you know, luxury of knowing that you're an infinite spirit, knowing that you're eternal. I don't understand what the necessity would be to have it to come back and repeatedly experience life once again. Can you think about some of these lessons? I mean, some people can um, learn things fast. Some people can learn things slower. But, I mean, really, how much is there really to learn in this physical body? How much many lessons can you possibly learn that you couldn't really cover in one lifetime or two lifetimes? Well, I mean, that's not up for me to say. I know that mm-hmm. my I know that my soul lessons would be, of course, different than yours. They're going to mm-hmm. be different than the Pope or, you know, somebody else. I know that in my lifetime that I've had to look at things I have to be able to see the other side of something. So the judgment that you come in with you know, like the judgment of something else, you have to understand that there is no judgment. So you need to understand both sides of a coin in order for you to come from a place of oneness. And oneness is when you are on the other side because you're not separate there. You're one. So you come into duality to understand about both sides of the coin. Okay. Now, why are some souls moving at a slower pace than others if we're all from the same place or origin, hypothetically speaking? Let's just say this idea that, you know, we're all created. We are all one collective. They're always saying that, oh, we're all one. We're all one collective being. Well, if we're all one, 
why do some souls move at a slower level? And because some souls that say are moving at a progressively slower level or they're not as evolved as other souls, are those slower souls, shall we say, holding up the entire evolution of the collective consciousness? Well, look at what's happening in the Middle East right now. Like the, like to me, I look at that and I see a consciousless level that is not very highly evolved. You know, they, they are killing people because their daughters are posting on social media. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things there that of course us in America, thank God don't have to deal with. So if you look at like earth as a whole, each parts of the earth have a consciousness level too. So I think that you incarnate into whatever level that you need to be at to further your own soul growth. So whether it's, you know, whether you should be this person or whatever, I can't answer that. I just think that that's the soul that you incarnated in and that's the lessons that you need to learn for this life. Okay. And what you've observed, do you see this as being the roughest or the most significant evolution that a person can have or a soul can have? Is this a unique evolution in any which way, shape, or form, or a lot of other evolutions or styles of evolution? Much different, much more peaceful, much less, I guess, terrifying in terms of the fear of death kind of perpetually hanging over you? Well, from what I've seen with the, the privilege of sometimes I've seen things on the other side, and there's definitely levels to the other side as well you know like some people talk about the underworld you know it's it's a darker place there's there's more trouble in there i mean like for lack of a better word then there's a higher you know higher evolution places where things are a lot lighter they don't feel like earth i think that i think that we're always constantly learning and i think that earth is tough school i mean it's tough here you really have to do your work, and you're doing your work in a physical body, and you're working on every level. I mean, think about, like, a person in terms of, like, they're a physical person, a spiritual person, a, you know, a mental person, and then you have the emotional body as well. So when you incarnate, you're incarnating all four of those levels to learn. And what's other, how do you balance all four, by the way? How would you go about balancing some of your advice? Well, that was some of the that was kind of what I wrote about in the book, some of yep, the different cool. steps that I took. Okay. I did Close a lot I did a lot of I did oh, a I'm lot sorry. of um I'm sorry too. <laughs> oh, no, I think we talked to Okay, oh, please go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Please go. Please elaborate. <laughs> I did uh several uh zillion things to try and figure out what was going to balance myself. The question was originally going into it was why didn't I feel God? I wanted to know why in my heart that I couldn't feel this all loving, all encompassing, you know, thing that everybody had been taught, you know, like I went to a Baptist school for 12 years. So we were taught about, you know, how great this God was and how loving, you know, this God was, but I never felt that way. So the book was about after when my mom had died, the steps, you know, some of the steps that I took to understand that God is all around you and also inside of you. So you just have to connect to that in order to feel that love. So, you know, you can look at the animals, the animals speak to you all the time, the different meanings with the animals, your body will speak to you in forms of symptoms. 
you get stuff in dream time, you get stuff from other people. Everyone around you is a teacher. Okay. And you mentioned something a little bit earlier at the beginning about okay, well, you know, if you don't do this, you have to come back and you know, you have to learn this particular lesson. Who is the the force that is holding you back? I mean, can you ultimately decide as part of the divine being or acknowledge your own divinity to say, Hey, you know what? I don't need this. I, I don't need this. I've done what I want to do. I'm walking out. I don't have to be bound by anyone else's rules. Can you be or take that stance and acknowledge your divinity? Because imagine that if you're acknowledging your divinity, you realize you are defined who's above you. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good question. I think that um, it almost brings to mind, like, I don't usually quote the Bible, but I'm thinking about, like, in the Bible where it talks about, like, um, you know, like Satan and the, the rebellion thing and how you want to be independent and you want to be special and you want to be all those things. But when you're that person, you're separated from the source. So I don't know. I just know within my own life that when I try to be separate, it doesn't go so well for me. I end up with more suffering. I'm more miserable. I'm more unhappy. I'm all these things. But when I try to say, like, for lack of a better word, be one with the tree, which, you know, is ridiculous unless you're a tree hugger, you just mm. feel you feel like you're more of part of something. You feel like you want to be a part of the forest instead of just one individual tree. Well, let me bring that back to you and say, okay, you can be part of the tree, but say, collectively speaking, many are going to be based on the roots. And why shouldn't you be able to go to the top with a nice view? You're still well, part you of the tree. you might be able to. Yeah. You might be able to. I, I don't know about that. I don't know. Um, I well, haven't got to the top of the tree. I'm still at the root. You know, I, I'm curious to where this evolution is going, especially in this physical life, because, you know, you you go through life and apparently, okay, you heal, you you, you make amends, you, you you resolve an issue that you have in a previous lifetime. But at the same time, you're going through life, there's more eggs that are cracking because you have more challenges that are coming. It seems like this cycle is what never perpetually ending. Do we get to a point where it's like, you know what, can I just stop? You know, having to you know process all the human emotion and drama. Can you get to this point where you're you're done and you're ready to jump and you know take on a new challenge or a new evolution? Because it seems that for right now, when I hear people talk about okay, it's past life, past life, past, life, it seems like a never-ending cycle that you can't break out of unless you attain some kind of super Buddha status where you you know realize that you are at this, such a high frequency. And I don't know if there's any possibility of escaping this you know infinite cycle of reincarnation without having to become like a mega Buddha. I want to know what your perspective yeah. is on that. Well, I just think that what you're, ter- what you're talking about is like being self-realized. You have to realize that you're not in this physical body. Like you are, you are not, you are not the body. You are what is inside of the body. And when you can understand that, I don't think you come back. But like I said earlier, I think that when you don't have that realization, when you don't really know who you are, you're going to keep coming back to get the lessons 
in whatever realm that's going to be. Okay. You know, never forget this one quote. I believe it was from Plato or Socrates that says, the reason why I know is because I don't know. I mean, how can you say with any certainty that you know what it is? I, I can't say with any certainty. I can only know how I feel inside or what my you know what's going on the core inside of me. I I don't know. I can't say I can't say with certainty about anything. So I'm just curious how that works. Okay. Well, how I know myself, yep. I can only speak about myself. Is I actually had an experience and I wrote about it in the book. You please talk I about was your experience. In, yeah. yeah. Um. We. I was laying in bed one night. And I actually, I had my computer on and I had fallen asleep for a minute. And when I opened my eyes, I could actually see that I was behind my eye. And I don't, I, like visually, I don't know how to explain that to you except for what I was looking at was actually my eyeball behind. And the reason why I know that is because the pupil of your eye, you know, constantly constricts and retracts. And I was able to see through my eye that that was actually my eyeball. And, of course, immediately I freaked out. I freaked out. So I shut my eyes again. It still was there. So I shut my eyes again a third time, and then I came back, and my vision was clear. So that happened to me like I wasn't very far along my spiritual path. It was probably like around my 30s. I had just really started to dig into stuff that was deep. And uh, I remember calling my teacher, Sally Perry, and I said, oh, my God, what the hell just happened to me? I don't understand what happened. And she goes, you're seeing the eye behind the eye. You were allowed to see that. The, the person that you are, the real you, is behind the eye, the higher self. So that's, that's wow. how I know. So at that moment, were you your higher self? You kind of merged with that. Yeah, you realize that you're not the body. When you can look out your eye and you're not attached to it, you go, oh, my God, this is what happens when people die. They actually just leave their body. People talk about the higher self, I guess if you want to call it the um, the big iceberg. You see the iceberg at the tip of the surface and below it, you know, it's the bigger part of it. Is that what you do? Would you describe your higher self? And do you sense or feel that you were your higher self at that moment? Yeah, I think that the higher self comes in to help you when you need a little bit of nudge. Like, I think there's a, to me, the way that I describe that is there's a constant cord that connects you to a higher level of yourself that knows more than you do consciously here. So what does that do? I mean, it. let me ask you this. As far as these lessons go, is there any, you know, push to, to kind of get things along? I mean, can you basically come and have a life incarnation and learn nothing? Or is there is your higher self there saying, listen, come on, let's keep going. Let's move along. Well, I think it would be impossible to come to Earth and learn nothing. I mean, even if you weren't a very evolved person and you weren't really aware of what you were doing with your emotions and your actions you still would be learning something on an unconscious level maybe you weren't consciously aware of. Okay. Um, as far as, what do you perceive as a high, I mean, let me just pause it for one second. As far as 
humans go. Life as a human being. Can you please describe what you feel are the three fundamental lessons? What are the three fundamental reasons why we have to take on a physical life incarnation as a human being? I think you have to enlighten your senses. You have to realize that you're, you are not the senses. And the senses are what you are when you are here. The second lesson, I think, would be to learn to really and truly love yourself the way that you are, not just like what's your image in your mind of what you should be. You have to love yourself. The third lesson, I would think, would definitely be if you can love yourself unconditionally, then the way that you can love another person would also be unconditionally. And that would be, to me, the greatest teaching. Okay. But if you're coming from a place prior to becoming human, you're coming from a place of divine love and peace and everything's wonderful, that you already have it then, why do you have to come through the physical body and do it? It, it almost feel like I almost feel like it coming to life. I know people are going to have their own perspective. It's going to be different, but it's it, I feel like it's it's a dare. Like you're you're in the spirit world, and it, you're like a bunch of you're like a bunch of kids, teenagers who are drinking beer for the first time. And they're like, I dare you to jump on the train tracks. And that's what it feels like. You know, if you already you got everything, why 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 take an unnecessary risk? Why take a dare? Why come to a place? Or you could have a potential traumatic event and go dark and get sucked into a never-ending reincarnation cycle. Maybe because people feel like they need the experience. I mean, like I said, I think you come here to work out your karma of stuff that you've done. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily like over on the other side, all kinds of, you know, cookies, baking cookies and, and doing great things all the time. I think you're I think you're working over there too. So I do think that you're when you're not in a physical body, of course there is uh, there's going to be a different vibration where you're at. So and it's the love vibration. So of course you're going to feel better. But how better to help other people when you're here for you to realize that yourself and then you can help other souls that aren't as evolved as you to be that. So why would you not choose to come here to help another person out or another soul out? Maybe it's not about, maybe it's not about just you personally. Maybe it's about a soul group that needs help or, you know, maybe we need to look at the bigger picture of this instead of just looking at individual souls. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the bigger picture. I, I don't know if it's because of the people that we've interviewed and um, all the areas and aspects we've discussed comes in this idea that apparently that we are infinite spirit, infinite soul, you know, divine. So all of those great things going. I mean and then you come here to to go through this experience, the purpose. If you're already divine, if you're already evolved, if you're already at your peak of your evolution, what would be the purpose of having to experience it for the sake of experiencing? I mean if you're experiencing for the sake of experiencing then I would imagine that it would be attaining a new experience or attaining a new stimuli, a new information, which in essence could turn or grow or evolve uh, the infinite self. 
So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of confused about the whole purpose of having these experiences. What's the purpose of even having any life incarnation whatsoever? Why not just stay as the infinite self without these experiences? Well, like I said, maybe it's more about being of service instead of, you know, maybe you have to come here in order to do this radio show so that people can hear other people that don't have this evolvement. You know, maybe your soul chose to come here to be a spokesperson for that. So that would be more about service for the greater self instead of like a lesson that you're, you know what I mean? A lesson that you're learning. You know, I was thinking it could be that, or I think I came to Earth with the purpose of depleting the Dorito bag population because Doritos <laughs> were in abundance before I came down, and now they're an endangered species. So I think I'm fulfilling my sole purpose. Miss Sintra Best, thank you so much for being with us today. We can learn. Actually, what's the best website we can reach you? Uh, com. EnlightenMySenses.com. The book, Enlighten My Senses, A Path to Open Your Heart and Illuminate Your Soul's Purpose. Highly recommend you check it out. It's a great read. It's best. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Ryan. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our great guest, Ms. Sintra Best. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Kaza, and Ms. Constance Tellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>